0: The story of Zacchaeus, a small man who climbs a tree and is told to come down by Jesus. A tax collector, someone who isn't liked by his community, ends up being the host, the one who welcomes Jesus into his home. So what on earth is happening in this story that we all know so well? Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart and I get to be the minister here. We're so glad that you found your way here today and join us in our worship. I'm joined by Alan, who's going to read for us and then lead us later in prayer. So let's listen as we dive into the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector.
1: The reading today comes from Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus and Zacchaeus Entering Jericho, he made his way through the city. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a superintendent of taxes and very rich. He was eager to see what Jesus looked like, but being a little man, he could not see him for the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, be quick and come down. I must come and stay with you today. He climbed down as fast as he could and welcomed him gladly. At this, there was a general murmur of disapproval. He has gone in, they said, to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Here and now, sir, I give half my possessions to charity, and if I have cheated anyone, I am ready to repay him four times over. Jesus said to him, Salvation has come to this house today. For this man too is a son of Abraham and the son of man and has come come to seek and save what is lost
0: Zacchaeus the short tax collector it's a story that we all know we've all heard it a hundred times perhaps even thousands we've heard it since we were children it's a favorite of Sunday school because it comes with a song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he and he climbs up into a sycamore tree so that the Lord he can see. I don't even know if that's how the words go. It's a long time since I've sung that. Probably you too. But we think we know this story. We think we know all about Zacchaeus. And that's kind of the point. As we come towards the end of Luke's travel narrative, this long section where Jesus seems to be walking towards Jerusalem for such a long time. And he meets lots and lots of different people. The Zacchaeus is one of the last encounters that Jesus has on the road. He's come to Jericho, and it's a significant place. It's at the bottom of the hill, and the road that that goes up to Jerusalem is the road that we encounter the parable of the Good Samaritan story on. It's a dangerous road, one that people certainly wouldn't walk at night and would probably try to avoid if they could. And that's where Jesus finds himself at the bottom of the hill and Jericho and he walks along and his reputation obviously precedes him because lots of people are out on the road to see him. It's almost like a parade. People are lining the road and little Zacchaeus, the head tax collector, can't see because he's short and so he climbs up a tree and as he is watching Jesus go by, Jesus looks up into the tree and says, hey Zacchaeus come down, I'm coming to your house for dinner. And everyone's annoyed. Why are you going to his house? He's a sinner. He's a tax collector, one of them. We don't like them. Why would you go to his house? Why not go to someone who's good, someone who's righteous? And that's where the irony of this story starts. We think we know all about Zacchaeus. I wonder how many of you know what Zacchaeus actually means. When we come across someone's name in the Bible, we should always pay attention to it. We found that out before. These words that people are known by mean something. And Zacchaeus is exactly the same. Zacchaeus means fidelity or righteous. Zacchaeus is literally Mr. Righteous. That's what his name means. And so we'll encounter this character who we think is a bad man After all, he's the head of the tax collectors. He's rich. He must have got rich by stealing from people because that's what tax collectors do. And besides, even the good ones are still collaborators. They work for the Romans. But perhaps, perhaps Zacchaeus is the exception that proves the rule. As we come towards the end of this section of Luke's Gospel, the story of Zacchaeus seems to sum up everything that we've been talking about. It has a character who embodies three of the things that Jesus has encountered along the way. People who are in charge, rulers. People who are wealthy, the rich. And people who are tax collectors. We've seen all of these characters before and Zacchaeus seems to sum them all up. He's all of those things all at the same time. But when we encounter these characters before, they all have to make changes. Remember the rich young ruler who wants to follow Jesus but has many possessions and he doesn't want to give them up and so he goes away sad. We've met tax collectors before, just a couple of weeks ago, where uh, the man knew that he was a sinner and he beat his breast. And there was a great distance between him and the righteous man, the Pharisee, who was trying to do the right thing but didn't want to be like this poor sinner. Wealth is a problem in Luke's gospel. We see it again and again that you know, the rich man in Lazarus, the, the man keeps his money, he doesn't help his poor neighbour, and that's a problem, that has consequences. And so the people who see Zacchaeus, they think he's all of those things. He's a tax collector, so he must be a collaborator, he's, Rich, so he must have stolen from people. He's in charge, and so he has power that they don't have, and and so they're suspicious of that. And so they don't like him. They ostracize him, they keep him back, they exclude him, they don't talk to him, they don't get to know him. But Jesus sees him. Jesus sees him in the in the tree and he looks up and he says to Zacchaeus, come down because I'm coming to your house. And people are really annoyed. And on the face of it, they have every right to be. Who is this guy? This guy who seems to be wealthy, who seems to be in charge, who's one of those collaborating tax collectors. Why would Jesus choose that man? Why wouldn't he choose a good person? And it's in the conversation that Zacchaeus has with Jesus when he comes down, hearing all of that grumbling, that we find the heart of this story. We read the the lines that Zacchaeus says, as a bit of an apology. Lord, I'm really sorry. We read. It doesn't say that, but that's how we hear it. I'm really sorry for all the bad things that I've done, so because of that, I'll give half of my money to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone, which I obviously have done because I'm a tax collector, then I'll give them back four times as much. But here's the thing. That's not really what Zacchaeus says. There's a choice in the text, as there always is. And this time it's about tense. We did it, and Zacchaeus says, I will give half my money to the poor. But actually, the text says, I give half my money to the poor. I give half my money to the poor. Not I will give half my money to the poor, but I already give half my money to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone, it's about tone. And if I've cheated anyone, which I haven't, I would give them back four times as much, because that's the law and I keep the law." So here we have a man who's misunderstood by all of us and has been for generations, <laughs> centuries, millennia even, because we don't read the story closely enough. Because we don't know the case's name, even though we think we do. Mr Righteous is a good man, even though he's in a job that people don't like. He gives half his money to the poor and he doesn't cheat anyone. He is a righteous man. He's a good guy. It's just that people can't see it because they can't see beyond the labels and the stereotypes that they have in their heads. And that's, that's the story. The story's not really about Zacchaeus. He's the example. He is the almost a parable for all of us. What do we see when we look at people? What do we assume about who someone might be because they look a certain way or they have a lot of money or they're in charge or they have a job that we don't really like? We make all kinds of assumptions about people all the time and often we do it unconsciously. We all have bias, we all stereotype and it's very difficult not to. And sometimes that's really useful. In the past, it's been a survival mechanism for us. When we see people who are not like us, we're suspicious of them and wary. And sometimes that keeps us safe. But the reality is that we do that far too often. We categorise people and we separate them and we put them into groups. And often, that's not real. They don't confirm or conform to the kinds of things that we think they should. And the crowd look at Zacchaeus and they see all of their stereotypes in one person. Helpfully though, and thankfully, Jesus looks at him and sees a good man. He sees his righteousness. He sees a man who's so keen to see Jesus that despite the social indignity that he suffers, despite the way that he's cast out by his community, despite the suspicious looks and the touch and the the disapproval, he goes and he climbs a tree because he wants to see Jesus. He goes above and beyond. He could have stayed at home. He could have not bothered. But he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see his Lord. Because he knew that Jesus was all about a different way of living. A way in which people could be good, could do good, could live righteous lives just like he tried to do. But his problem was other people. They couldn't see that. He could live as righteous a life as he could. But because he was in the job that he was, people would never give him any credit for that he wouldn't be allowed to join in. His righteousness would be ignored and overlooked. He'd be tarred with a different brush. And so Jesus, in calling him down from the tree, inviting himself to Zacchaeus' house for dinner, brings him back into his community. He challenges those stereotypes and and opens up a conversation with Zacchaeus that allows Zacchaeus to say, I give my money to the poor. If I've cheated anyone, I'll give them back four times as much. I try to do the best that I can. I'm not like Lazarus and the rich man. I don't ignore my neighbours. I realise that I'm wealthy and I do my best to give my money to help the poor. I'm not like the rich young ruler who has so many things but, but can't turn away from them. That's not me. Here I am. I want to follow you. And he doesn't conform to the stereotype of his job. He's not a liar and a cheat. He does his best to make sure that people are taxed fairly. That no one is cheated and no one is stolen from. Zacchaeus is a good man. And that's why Jesus wants to go to his house for tea. So that everyone else can see that he's a good man too. Sometimes transformation is about us. It's about the people around us. It's about how we view each other. Often the stories in the Bible are about someone changing. Zacchaeus isn't the one in the story who needs to change. It's everyone else. We need to open our eyes to see the people in our community the way that Jesus sees them. People who are loved. People who, despite our stereotyping, despite our misgivings, despite sometimes our suspicions, actually good people doing their best. We don't know everyone's motivations, we don't know everyone's behaviours. Sometimes people who look good aren't and sometimes people who look bad aren't either. And this story is about checking ourselves, checking our prejudices and our stereotypes. Looking around and thinking, who is it that we exclude from our community because Well, because we have a particular view of the world or a particular view of a group of people. And if someone's from that group of people, then they don't fit in with us. And we don't want anything to do with them. I wonder how much we miss out because of that. How much more enriched our communities might be if we included everyone, especially those who are excluded, people on the margins. I said before that this story could be a, a summary of the whole of the Gospel. And that's particularly true, I think, towards the, towards the end, when it says that the Son of Man came to save the lost. That's what Luke's Gospel is all about. To save the lost. And we've heard lots of parables about lost things, about lost sheep and lost coins and lost sons. But in each of those parables and in this story, the story is more about the people who do the losing than the thing that's lost. In this story, Zacchaeus isn't lost. The people around him have lost him. They've lost him because of, well, how they view him, what they think of him. Their failure to move beyond a cheap and easy stereotype. They're the ones who are missing out on a good man. A good man who could be their friend. A good man who tries his best to help the community without asking for anything in return. There he is, climbing a tree to see Jesus. Not hiding, but actually standing out. A man standing in front of Jesus, declaring, I'm a good man. I live up to my name. I'm as righteous, well, as I can be. I wonder if we could see the same. I wonder if Jesus called us out of the crowd, whether we would be able to say what Zacchaeus says. I hope so. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure my name would live up to his name. And that's the challenge of the Gospel, isn't it? To make sure that those who are lost are found. And to make sure those who have things, don't lose them, that we keep a hold of goodness, that we keep a hold of righteousness. The other meaning of Zacchaeus' name is fidelity, and that means to be true to something. And that's the challenge, I think, of this story. How can we be true to things? Zacchaeus is true to the law, he's true to his faith. He does all the things that he's supposed to do. He lives his life in the right way even though there must be huge temptation not to, huge opportunities to abuse his power, his status and his wealth. And yet he doesn't. He holds true. He has fidelity to his people, to those who is charged to look after, but also to his faith. So, as we reread this story of Zacchaeus, I wonder if we might be challenged by it. Challenged to see beyond our own easy readings of a story. Challenged to see beyond our childlike understanding of it. Challenged to see ourselves in a different light. Perhaps as part of the crowd who looked down on Zacchaeus. Not just because of his small stature, but because of his position. And what could we do about that? How could we change How might we be more open, more inclusive, more willing to look beyond what we think we know and discover something new and exciting, something open, something loving, an opportunity to include more people rather than to exclude people? That's the challenge of the gospel, to find the lost. And to include them, not just to point to them and say, hey, they're lost, but to bring them in.
1: For others and ourselves. God, you know us and you call us by name. You grieve when any of your children suffer. You weep with the sorrows of the world. May we, O God, who weep too, find ways to transform our grief and our sorrow into actions that bring change. In every darkness, may we bring light. To all who despair, May we find shards of hope to offer. May we feed the hungry, bind up the broken-hearted, shelter the homeless, and may we not cry out to you until we have truly done all that we can ourselves. Prince of Peace, show us the paths to peace, for we have lost the way so badly. We pray for peace in our homes, in our neighbourhoods, in our nations, and throughout the earth. As we pray, so so may we commit to broker peace in our every day, at home, at school, at work, and in every place you call us to be. For all these things we pray in the words you have taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
0: As we step out of this time and into our week, may we go and try to imitate Christ. May we open our doors and our tables to those who need fed the most, those who need included the most, May we go with the blessing of the one who sees us, a God who invites all to be part of his blessing, the blessing of God known to us as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. May that blessing be with us all, this day and always. Amen.
2: May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you.